Good morning, Sleepy Town. I'm Bo Bartlett, and you're listening to The Art House. Art House Radio. Coming to you from way down, way down, way down here in beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Columbus, Georgia. Over here on the west side of the state, about halfway down, over here next to Alabama. Alabama is just across the Chattahoochee. Down here in beautiful Columbus, Georgia, where the leaves are thinking about sprouting out at some point here in the next month or two. They're just like in there dormant, just sitting inside those little branches, just waiting to pop out and give us some color. Yes, that time of year where we're just sort of waiting now in a holding pattern in between winter and spring. Beautiful morning. 88.5 WCUG. Also on Alm Radio in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm, I'm doing pretty good this morning. I hope you all are doing good out there. I hope you've had some coffee or getting some coffee or some tea, some hot water, some warm oat milk, something like that, and getting yourself all into the morning, into the day, into the weekend. Here with Sho Irakawa, our producer and engineer extraordinaire. Good morning, Sho. Good morning, Bo. How are you? I'm good today. Good. How about you? I'm actually doing well. Last week you told me to get some sleep, and I tried. How's that going? Better. Good. Glad to hear it. I've thought about you a few nights. A couple of nights I woke up in the middle of the night, but I wonder, <laughs> wonder if the show's awake. <laughs> well, we have a great show, I think, today. I, I hope we have a great show. We have a show of um, Earthly Matters. Earthly Matters is the exhibition that we're... Well, actually, is just now open. It's just open mm-hmm. at the Bo Bartlett Center. We have Earthly Matters and Unaccompanied, an exhibition by Kate Capshaw, open at the Bo Bartlett Center, Dillingham Street and Front Avenue in Columbus. Hope people will go out and see that. Joe, you need to get over and see it. I will go over and see it. I've actually been saying my goal for the semester is to spend more time in the Bartlett Center. Now you're talking. That's a good goal. Everybody I'm going to sit there goal. and I'm going to actually edit every once in a while in the Bartlett Center. I figured it'd be an interesting experience. Like it. I like it. Well, it's a multidisciplinary space, so all are welcome. Let's get started with the music. We have Louis Armstrong with What a Wonderful World. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow. So pretty in the sky Or also on the faces Of people going by I see friends shaking hands Saying how do you do They're really saying I love you I hear babies cry I watch them 
find much more than I ever knew. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful
listening to The Art House on 88.5 WCUG and Arm Radio 96.3 in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm your host, Bo Bartlett. Here in the studio with Sho Irakawa. We're going to be talking about earthly matters, matters of the earth. There's an exhibition at the Bo Bartlett Center which has just opened, came from the Gibbs Museum in Charleston, and it's a show of paintings relating to the earth and the earthly condition, our human condition, and our relationship to the earth. Paintings of animals and paintings of people and situations which have to do with our social ills, our social situations of the day. We just heard B.G. Adair. I love that. Love that B.G. Adair. That B.G. Adair is uh, blue skies. There's several songs about blue skies today. Just get us to look up a little bit. Get us to feel the earth under our feet and the air and the sky above us. Albert Einstein said, "Look deep into nature, and then you will understand everything better." Look deep into nature, and then you will understand everything better. I find that all the rhythms of nature, whether that's cloud patterns or waves in the ocean or branches of a tree, I find that we are pattern-seeking creatures. Mm -hmm. And these patterns tell us things. These patterns echo things within our own body and without our neurons, dendrites, our nervous system, the way our blood vessels flow, like like uh, branches of a tree. Mm. We're very connected. We're all one with nature. We think of ourselves sort of, I, I think, you know, since we're moving around and like little animals and creatures moving around the planet, we think of ourselves sort of separate from it. We we're, we're, think of ourselves as sort of like inhabitants on it mm-hmm. instead of, instead of, one with it. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Got several paintings in the show that I want to talk about specifically. Mm-hmm. They have to do with the way that paintings can develop. I had a model who was a friend of mine, Anthony, who was someone I met in the homeless program, mm-hmm. Homeless Where the Art Is, which is a program that the Bo Bartlett Center runs. Mm-hmm. You know, on Thursday mornings, my volunteers all show up up at Safe House, and we go down into the basement. We meet between 9 and 11. If anyone wants to come volunteer, they're welcome to. And you don't have to have much art experience, just have some compassion, mm-hmm. some empathy. And we show up between breakfast and lunch, so between 9 and 11. We um, put paper on the tables and we give everybody, all the homeless folk, an opportunity to express themselves. Mm-hmm. We've had some amazing experiences and amazing results over the last seven eight years uh, working with the participants there anthony is is one example when i first met anthony he was living under a tree up in uh sort of above bib city and uh he got invited to the program and he you know he hadn't drawn or done anything since he was in high school or, or you know many years ago and he started drawing again. You know, we gave him the opportunity, gave him some pieces of wood and some paper and some pencils and paint, and he started drawing. And 
had obviously had a, a, a talent, a natural talent that just oh, hadn't yeah. been u- utilized. And um, so he, he began uh, making work and making work and selling work. And eventually uh, he and his girlfriend, Annette, wound up getting a, an apartment, a place. Um, I was getting Anthony to pose for me, you know, just so he could make a little income. Yeah. And uh, he was posing for paintings. So he, he posed for a painting, which eventually I called Homeless. It was a guy on a bicycle. And uh, I really liked the painting. It was purchased by a museum over in Mississippi. And he, uh, you know, I sort of shared some of the funds with them. So we sort of, it was a collaboration of sorts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I wanted to do a larger painting of him. And so I did this larger painting. And uh, he, he posed down on the river, on the Chattahoochee River, on a bicycle. But I wasn't sure, like, what the context was going to be. Around that time, the Hurricane Michael came through mm-hmm. down in uh, Florida, wiped out Mexico Beach. I had a friend that had a house down there, so I went down and with under the auspices of checking out the man's house, yeah. my friend's house, to make sure it was okay. And police let me in so I could go in. The National Guard let me in. I went down and, I mean, the beach was just leveled. What had once been a town was gone. Mm. One or two houses, perhaps, barely survived. Um, but when I was there, I saw this guy go by on a bicycle. Um, and he... Uh, had his, all of his stuff behind him on the bike. Mm-hmm. You know, he had like a few belongings that he could could gather. I don't know if they were his or things he'd picked up, but he was on a bicycle with a wagon behind it. And as he passed, I n- noticed this American flag stuck in the ground. Somebody had st- had been blown off of a house and they had stuck it in the sand. So I, what I did was I sort of combined those two images. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy on the bike with all of his stuff. I stuck the American flag on the bike in my imagination and in a little sketch. And I put Anthony on the bike, my friend who was posing for me here, and I created this painting, which eventually received the title Freedom. Mm. And um, so it's about losing everything, about your home being destroyed, being homeless, really, in America now, today, in this case, because of natural disasters, which Hurricane Michael was just so uh, devastating. So the, the idea is that you can combine experiences that you've had, many different aspects of your life, and put them into uh, a work of art, a creative endeavor, which um, you know, speaks to our times and speaks to what's mm-hmm. going on in the world. So you've got climate change causing more and more powerful storms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the human condition of um, you know, people just trying to get their basic needs met and, uh, and a culture that's you know, the haves and the have-nots. So you've got this very um, complex symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. between all the aspects of, of what it means to be human, what it means to be human in our contemporary culture. Well, that's just one example of the kinds of paintings that are there and, and the sort of process by which they get created. Yeah. There's one painting which was very popular in um, Charleston, and is from a museum in uh, North Carolina, the Asheville Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, purchased a painting uh, called uh, Dominion, and it's a polar bear on a um, iceberg. Mm-hmm. The iceberg's melting, so the polar bear is on a sort of teetering iceberg, which is getting smaller and smaller by the minute. And he's turned and he's looking at us. He's not. And my original thought was I would make him sympathetic. Mm-hmm. I'd make us sympathetic toward him. You know, what do we do? What is our action? How can we change? And what, how can we affect these things? Uh, how can we do anything to affect climate change or global warming? So in this case, 
I want us to be sympathetic toward the polar bear as, as his home was, was melting away. And uh, one day I was down at the Mexican restaurant, La Cantina, mm-hmm. on Broadway, and I saw a stuffed polar bear in there. Uh, I, kept, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I kept thinking I would paint the polar bear, but not until I saw a polar bear. I thought I was going to have to travel to Alaska or something. And uh, But sure enough, I was going in to get a taco. Mm-hmm. And um, in the back, they had, for some reason, a giant life-size stuffed polar bear, which was named Rita. And Rita's expression was not a sympathetic expression, not a smiling expression. It was sort of a rageful, like, more. So I, I decided that I would uh, use that expression in the painting. And they allowed me to, to cordon off a part of the restaurant and use it as my studio for a while. Wow. While I did my studies. They were very nice about it. I did my studies there and uh, went back in the studio and painted the painting. The, the idea of dominion came up because it's a biblical concept, you know, that man has dominion over the earth. Mm. And I wanted, what I wanted to do was to try to flip that. So, you know, our domicile, our home is our dominion. Mm. I wanted to make us think about that a little bit because it, as I understand it, the translation in the King James Version from the archaic was the word was translated as man has dominion over the earth and all the creatures of the earth. But the actual word, which was mistranslated, actually means stewardship. Um, that man should steward the earth and have stewardship over the earth, which is a very different idea than Suddenly, yeah. ruling. It's uh, you're working with and trying to help preserve. Mm-hmm. So one mistranslation uh, in that one click makes a very big difference in how we interact with the world. Yeah. Um, so I, I named it Dominion because as this polar bear's ice is melting, its home is melting, if we could switch that concept in our own mind from Dominion to stewardship, then we would perhaps be on the path for, for some solutions. I originally got the idea for the painting when I was up in um, Alaska. My father wanted to take me on a cruise. One of his last wishes was to go up on a cruise in Alaska. As we were went up to watch the giant glaciers yeah. to see the glaciers from the ship i realized that the glaciers were were melting and they were melting back and getting further and further receding from where they had once been on the on the boat there was someone dressed up in a polar bear outfit and they were actually handing champagne out to the people on the boat yeah. to watch or to look at the glacier basically as it melts and then we finished up and we turned and we were chugging away you know away from the the great glacier and the melting glacier and our smoke is just billowing behind us yeah you know we're all part of this thing we're all part of it so that was sort of the seed the kernel which got that painting going all the paintings in the show are like that they're sort of multi-layered and um, all about the human condition and our relationship to the world and the earth around us Um, earthly matters you know, I've seen all of these paintings that you've described, either just through your work in general or when you were setting up for Earthly Matters. I had walked through the center. Mm-hmm. And um, I, that's something that I actually noted is that the expression of the polar bear was that of anger. And I always took it as kind of, you said that, you know, oftentimes we look at marketing and look at the way things are and we try and cutify or try and make things adorable. And that's how we get that sympathy. But I really like the way that the anger was put towards us in a sense, because it's almost, we are the antagonists against the earth. 
and the earth is then, you know, its, its inhabitants are looking at us upset, knowing that we could do much more than we do. And, you know, anger is an appropriate response, I think. And so that's what I really got away from that. That's, you know, so to hear that there's a little bit of that in there, you know, it feels connecting in a sense that um, all the layers are showing through in that, you know, even me, someone who's not into art in the way that you are by any means, that I'm getting something evocative from it that really speaks to something greater than just, oh, look at that painting. Yeah, I mean, I, th I feel like that the purpose of art is to wake us up and the purpose of art is to um, make us see things like we haven't seen them before. And so by presenting art in a way that feels somewhat comfortable at first, like people say, oh yeah, I recognize that. Yeah. Then that's a way to allow them to come into it. But then giving them a message which might not be quite as comfortable, mm. um, like, you know, we need to address this or we need to look at this. My, a lot of my ideas about what art can be come from uh, a friend of mine, Susie Goblick, who has passed away. She passed away last year. But uh, she wrote a book called The Reenchantment of Art. Mm -hmm. And it's about taking art out of the galleries, out of the museums, and interacting in a way that's much more about um, kind of social practice. So I think she felt like that the art that was in the time she was writing the book was, which was back in the 80s and 90s, would have been art that was uh, sort of like art for art's sake and like in the art magazines and in all the galleries in New York. It was commodity. It was mm -hmm. purchased by wealthy people. Mm -hmm. It was art that was like my blue chip artist purchased by wealthy collectors and donated to a museum. So she was really railing against that yeah. and saying, how can we re-enchant art? Like, what was art about in the old days? What was art about when it began? It was atavistic. It was people drawing on cave walls to, to express their experience in life. It was, um, and in the Renaissance, it was for a higher calling. It was, you know, the artists, artisans were all, you know, decorating the churches for the glory, greater glory of God. Mm -hmm. So how can art get back to some way of being about the mystical and the spiritual and, and our connection to the earth? And so she uh, wrote a book, which the reenchantment of art, which was largely about how people connect to the greater whole, the holistic approach to art. So she wrote about Julia Butterfly, who was up in a tree in the great Northwest to try to keep the loggers from cutting the, the great trees down, mm. the redwoods down. She wrote about artists that would go along the Rio Grande River and pick up trash as their, as their art form. So I read the book and it changed my life. And I, I called her up on the phone. You could do that back in the days. And <laughs> got her information, called her up on the telephone and talked to her. I had a long conversation and she was so helpful and welcoming to hear from me. And I said, but you know, I'm a painter. Mm. You know, like, what can I do? You know, I, I don't want to stop being a painter necessarily. It's what I've learned to do. It's my skill. It's my natural inclination. Mm -hmm. She said, you know, work with it, work within it. Like, how can you change the world given that you want to do what you want to do? So, you know, I began to shift my subject matters a little bit. They were less sort of uh, ego-driven or less like sort of like just uh, personal stories mm. and more. That's still part of it, but but more how does this concept, this idea, this feeling relate to the whole of the ecosystem and the planet? And so in, in some ways, the Bo Bartlett Center is actually an outgrowth from that Mm. Uh, ideas like I can still make the paintings, interact with uh, the community, mm -hmm. um, have a kind of social engagement, and there's outreach aspects to the center. So much of what the center is is really grew out of Susie Goblick's nudging yeah. of how can we be in this world in a more holistic way. And Earthly Matters is is probably the best example of a body of work that 
relates to that concept and that idea. Hey, let's get back to the music. What do you say? I think that's great. I love this conversation, though. We should do a longer one next time. And, and enjoyed it. Let's. I think it'd be a good idea to go with Marvin Gaye. Let's go with Marvin Gaye with Mercy, Mercy Me, one of the songs about the ecology from the 70s. Mercy, Mercy Me. Songs in the 70s were all love songs. They were all songs about love or free love or hippie love. Marvin Gaye came out with Mercy, Mercy Me, a bit of a genre-bending song. It's like, really? A pop song can be about the ecology? Is that possible? I mean, the Indian had cried on the television and we all got greenwashed and believed that it was all our fault. But I think that Marvin Gaye says we can make a difference. we got to wake up and make a difference. So let's go with Mercy, Mercy Me. Whoa, oh, mercy, mercy me All things ain't what they used to be now Where did all the blue skies go? Poison is the wind that blows From the north and south and Whoa, mercy, mercy me all things and what they used to be Oil wasted on the oceans And upon our seas Fish full of mercury Oh, mercy, mercy me All things and what they used to be Radiation underground and in the Animals and birds who live nearby are lives. Mercy, mercy, mercy. All things and what they used to be. What about this overcrowded land? How much more be used from man? Can she stand that? If you'd like to see some of the paintings we discussed in the story, go to the Instagram, Art House Radio.
Thank <laughs> you. 
Skies by Lady and the Bird. What a lovely song. What a lovely end to our morning of eco-centric songs and earth songs and worldly songs. 
with earthly matters. Lady and the Bird, Blue Skies. Thanks for joining us on the radio this morning. So glad you could join us here on 88.5 WCUG in Columbus, Georgia, and Alm Radio in Charleston, South Carolina, 96.3. Thank you for listening to us on the radio this morning. You can see the complete playlist on the website, arthouseradio.com. That's A-R-T-H-A-U-S radio.com. I want to thank Columbus State University for letting us be on the radio. I want to thank Sho Irakawa, producer, engineer extraordinaire. Thank you, Sho. My pleasure, Bo. Let's go back to the beginning. We heard Frolic by Jake X. Fussell. And then What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. And then Definition by Kruder and Dorfmeister. I love those guys, these sort of DJs from back in the day in the late 90s, early 2000s. Kruder and Dorfmeister. And then Blue Skies by Ella Fitzgerald. Blue Sky, a beautiful instrumental piece by Peter Hoyle Fractal. And then Blue Skies by B.G. Adair. Love me some B.G. Adair. Hearing the story behind us, we heard Man Bartlett. And then Marvin Gaye with Mercy, Mercy Me, the ecology song. Oliver Arnold's Hands Be Still. Tom York, Dawn Chorus. Les Professionals by Air. And then Blue Skies by Lady Ember. Behind us, Pop Shalom from Him for Her. Hope you'll get out and see the Earthly Matters show if you're in Columbus, Georgia. And if you're not, I hope you'll travel here. Come on down. People in Columbus are so nice. They will welcome you to Columbus. Got a lot of nice new hotels along the river. Family can do a little whitewater rafting, get close to the water and close to the river and close to the earth. And go in and see the show at the Bo Bartlett Center on Front Avenue at Dillingham Street, Columbus State University. Hope you'll be inspired to make some art yourself. Make some art. We all have our stories to tell. We have but one life. So let's live it and let's make this world a better place. Be right back here next week. Love and light, y'all.